You're listening to Titan Nature's Yellowstone, a podcast for those that don't get out, can't get out, or can never get enough. Sponsored by Think Tank Photo. Think Tank Photo designs camera carrying solutions for working professionals. Welcome to another episode of Tied to Nature's Yellowstone. Today I have Jim with me. Jim Reed, is it? And I should ask Jim, you go by Jim or James? Um, my legal name is James Reed. And I tell you, the only reason my material, uh, business cards and stuff like that says James Reed, because I figured as an artist, I needed to punch my name up, you know? I'd yeah. love for it to be like uh, Pablo Picasso, but it's <laughs> not. It's just, uh, but I go by Jim. I go by Jim. Yeah. Very good. So thanks for joining uh, with me today, Jim. And for those that don't know Jim, he is the resident artist at the Old Faithful Inn, uh, amongst, I imagine, other things. But uh, Jim, so you're an artist at Old Faithful. How long have you been at Old Faithful? Old Faithful, <clears throat> I, uh, in 2019, I'd finished my 17th year as their artist in residence there. And of course, I'd bit, my contract had been accepted in 2020. But okay, uh, yeah. by uh, March, we found out there were problems. and. And so this year, supposedly, you know, I asked again for a contract in case the artist and residency program opened up. And I don't think the parks, <coughs> excuse me, the park service is going to want to do that till later if they feel like our country's reached herd immunity. Yep. Until August. But, you know, they see, we see so many foreigners traveling through the park. What are they going to yes, do about do. it, whether they've had COVID shots or not? Yeah. So. Yeah. So you you may be around this year. It's still all up in the air as far as being back at Old Faithful. Yeah, yeah. But I was I was hoping that it keep my streak winning streak going, which of course I did. I got my contracts. I just couldn't fill the year, you know. Yeah. So uh, this would have been my nineteenth year um, in a row, which I'm very honored to have been able to do that. Many yeah, that's, residencies. That's incredible. And so you've been there for nineteen years. Uh, what got you to the point of being able to be the artist in residence at Old Faithful then? Well, um, I started painting. I've been painting and drawing since I was a little boy. But uh, when the 1988 fires in Yellowstone happened, as I mentioned, I'm, I was a career firefighter. Yeah. You only work nine to 10 days a month. That's pretty common for a career fire department. So I had the majority of the month off. And I've always done artwork, and uh, I did a lot of commercial artwork for a long time. Met my wife, and she saw some of my fine art um, and thought I should be doing fine art and not commercial artwork and firefighting. <laughs> she okay. got me involved in my my wife, Donnie, you just met a little bit ago. Um, she got me into my first couple of art shows without even asking me if I wanted to do that. So <laughs> that got me started. But I tell you, the 1988 fires, I was painting anyway. and. 1988 fires gave me an idea that I could paint uh, the wildlife I was doing along with fire, which I understood. And I did a series about the 88 fires and that started it from then on. I was, and I've been going to Yellowstone before, but it's a great place as you well know, to yeah. have contact with wildlife. Yes. And so uh, it was a great resource for a Wyoming artist. Yeah. And so where did you start at? I mean, you, you, you mentioned you did firefighting, did the art come with that? Did it start before that? Well, it did. I tell you, um, 
uh, I was always doodling and painting, uh, and, well, when I was young, coloring, coloring books. My parents bought me my first watercolor set from Kmart store. I remember it. It's about the only memory I have from that age, really, that's so strong. But we were shopping at Kmart in Casper, Wyoming, and they bought me a watercolor set because they thought I was coloring the lines just fine. Okay. So when that's I got good. to school, when I got to school, I wasn't doing, in my opinion, anything better than my classmates. But when uh, sports came along and my fellow classmates, and I got into sports too, I, I could make the team, but I was never a starter. I always went okay. to bed. I kept drawing. They quit. It just interests me. I kept drawing and painting. And um, anyway, uh, it became an elective here in Casper in eighth grade, art. I asked my parents if I could take it. And they were supportive. I said, sure. I said, can I drop math? And they know <laughs> you can't drop math. And uh, I took it all the way through high school. And then I wanted to go on into college, get an art degree in college. And um, my father says he remembers the conversation differently than I do. But uh, he said he was just shocked that I brought up college. I hadn't talked much about it. But I remember them saying, an art degree. Uh, why don't we think of something else? Because we want you to move out one day. Yeah, right. So for a couple of years, I bounced around after high school, wondering what I would do with my life. And an old high school buddy told me about the fire department. And I basically stumbled backwards into a great career. Changed the kind of person I was. Made me a better it, it showed me that there's a whole society of my fellow man out there that could use a helping hand on occasion instead of just thinking about me all the time. Uh -huh. But I only worked the shifts were 24 hours at, at, at a time. And uh, you only work nine to sometimes 10 shifts. So that's like just working the weekends in a month. Yeah. And a lot of firefighters, uh, they're contractors, they're plumbers, they're carpenters. They have off-duty jobs because the fire department for the longest time in my career didn't pay well. And what I did as I painted, I started, I, I got a job with a commercial sign company and learned about design work and logos and painting commercial signs. I wasn't with them long and I started my own. And uh, so on my days off, the bulk of the day was spent doing commercial artwork, but then in the evenings, uh, instead of watching TV or whatever, I paint fine art. And okay. that's how, so that's how art kept going on. Okay. Through the years, I took education uh, in fine art, trying to improve my work. And, uh, like I said, when I met my wife, she's the one that thought I should be doing it as a professional. And she asked me, when, uh, <clears throat> I tell you what happened. Uh, we've been dating uh, almost a year, I guess, and I lived out of town. And I wanted her to know that I wasn't an axe murderer doubling as a firefighter. Yeah. And then she'd come all the way out to my house for dinner and I'd bury her in the backyard, kill her. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I figured she'd want to come. She did. And she came out and while I was cooking, she uh, was looking around. I had a lot of my fine art, but I had some collection work that I collected too. But she asked what the artwork was. And we looked at it. I said, that's my stuff. And she says, why aren't you doing this? I don't understand why you're doing commercial artwork and firefighting. And I, my parents put the fear of God in me about the art <laughs> business. I don't okay. know anything about it. And she got me into two shows uh, about six months apart without asking. She just got me involved and says, hey, what are you doing on these days? A lot of my days off were four in a row. Yeah. Uh, four days off in a row. And so she uh, called him, what are you doing? I said, well, and it was called a swing. My four days off was called a swing. I said, I'm swinging. Good. Put some artwork together because I got you in a show. That's kind of nice. I was like, what? 
And it just built from there. And it wasn't too long and we were still dating. And she says, you know, I, I want to, we were doing a bunch of shows all the country, all the way to Chicago, Kansas City, all the way to the West Coast. Uh, our best shows were the Rocky Mountains because that's the wildlife I paint. Yeah. And um, anyway, uh, I, uh, we uh, we dated a long time before we married. We've been together going on 35 years. Anyway, um, he says, I, gotta qu- I think I should quit my job, move in with you, and run the business. It's like, what? <laughs> and uh, we argued about it for a while. And finally, I said, sure. All right. Yeah, great. But if it doesn't work, you're going back to work. That's right. And it worked. That's good. She's been running the business ever since. That's great. That's yeah. a great way to start. And so, so I think you've, you've been in Wyoming. You're from Wyoming? I, well, I tell you, my family on both sides, my parents, uh, my mom and dad's side, homesteaded the state. Okay. But I'm about the only one out of uncles and aunts and cousins and stuff that was born outside of the state. My dad had an aunt uh, who moved, a wid- she was widowed, and she got a job with uh, uh, Mountain Bell in San Francisco. She moved her five children out there because she didn't want to remarry. She thought she could support her kids. Is what she did. My dad went out to visit, loved it. My mom went out, loved it. They stayed there. I was born. And a year after I was born, they said, this really is horrible. Let's go back to Wyoming. Okay. So they traded a place with earthquakes for the state that has the second largest volcano in the world. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, been in yeah, Europe, I've been in Yellowstone since I was a year old. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so have you always had that passion for the wildlife? Is that your main, I guess your... It is. Uh, well, no, I tell you, I've done a variety of stuff. I mean, as a young man, I was painting race cars. Okay. Uh, in my teens, I was in race cars. So uh, through school, when I got to choose a topic, that was usually what I did, which I did wildlife then too. But anyway, uh, I was when I was painting the most for enjoyment when I was out on my own, working in the department, I was doing cowboy work. Okay. And um, I found that I liked painting the horses the most. Yeah. And uh, decided to start doing more animals and uh, improving my knowledge about the animals and going to Yellowstone, be close to them. Okay. And uh, so that's about all I do now. Um, One of the things I think uh, I'd like to, not all of my work has it, but about 90% of my wildlife work will have some human element in it. Sometimes, most of the time, very subtle. You got to look for it. Okay. And uh, other times, uh, the, the animal is the subtle part. Like I've done things at the Old Faithful, and I see you've got the fireplace behind you. I've done a lot of paintings of the fireplace with chipmunks running through the place. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so. I, I like how you incorporate. I was looking at some of yours beforehand, you know, with like the wildlife in front of the Old Faithful Inn. Right. Or I love how you incorporate Yellowstone into your wildlife. Yeah. Well, Whether thanks. it's the hot springs or different think- parts of the park. And, and like you, obviously, I, I, I think Yellowstone is an amazing uh, place. And uh, I'm so glad I have friends here in Casper that said they were there when they were in their teenage years and haven't been back. And they said, oh, that's great. But it's like, it's in your backyard. Are you kidding me? I know people yeah, right. China come twice a year. All right. I mean, you know? this is, I, I'm just itching until the 16th so I can get back in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so did for being an art, the artist in residence there, did you, is it something you applied for? Did they see your work and approach you? How does that, how did that start? Well, I'll tell you, uh, back when uh, 
The last 12 years of my fire department career, I did nothing but fine art. I gave up the commercial artwork completely uh, with the encouragement of my wife, Donna. And um, so we were traveling all over the country doing art shows. And we had a favorite one, a little tiny art festival uh, venue outside, which I, I didn't care for outside shows. You know, I'm a watercolorist and uh, it, it rains outside. <laughs> so I never really enjoyed those, but this one in Idaho Falls was great anyway. <clears throat> we had a return to Casper after the show, and uh, we always went through Yellowstone. And he said, it's, a, it's been a thing with my wife and I for forever. It's a real uh, common thread was that park. Does this go through the park on the way back home? And uh, I'd been coming through the park, both, both of us, and doing a lot, try to find wildlife and photograph them and so I could sketch them later. And said, Let's go watch Old Faithful Geyser go off. Yeah, we haven't done that. We go here all the time. It says, all right. So we go down and we're watching it. And Old Faithful Inn is to the back of us. And as I'm watching the guys grow off, I see the lodge. And I said, you know, I haven't been in the lodge since I think I was 11 or 12. I think it's a cafeteria still. But let's go eat there. That'd be cool. Yeah. You go in there, and there's an artist's booth in the lobby. And there was no artist around. American Native work. We go in to eat, come back out, look at the art. No artist around. Wait for a little while leave and I, I couldn't believe there was an artist display and uh so anyway it's about a month and a half later and uh, my wife and i would spend anywhere from three to seven trips in the park during the summer and uh we're going back up so i can get some more landscape photos and stuff the booth's there we stopped by the lodge the booth's still there the artist is in it so i'll go up and we visit and he's using watercolors kind of like i do and uh, we visit about the technique. And then I says, hey, I was here like a month and a half ago. Are you just doing a couple shows, are you? Or what's the story with you? He says, no, I'm the artist in residence here at the Old Faithful Lodge. He says, really? And he'd been doing it for 14 years. And he says, him, and there's a potter, Carl Sheehan, in the gift store itself, throwing pottery. He says, we're the only two artists in the park. And I says, man, I'd love to do something like this. I'd love to retire from the fire service and do my art full time. And if there was a potential to do this, I think that would interest me a great deal. And he says, well, I'll tell you what, they've had nothing but troubles with artists. Me and Carl are the only one here. But you can call. He says, get on the website. It was Antara, but they called themselves Amfac at the time. He says, get on the okay. website of Amfac. Look up for the retail director for Yellowstone and see if he'll give you an interview. So I did. And I found out later that artist knew exactly who I could call and the number. He, said, he made me do the search work for the yeah. information but anyway i called and left a message and it, i mean through a, almost a year leaving messages a couple times a month no call return call and i was going back to the show in idaho falls uh the following july and i hadn't called for a couple months i figured i was just out decided we were driving in front of the tetons and i look at my cell phone wife's driving look at my cell phone i got service here i'm going to try to call that guy up in yellowstone and I called and I left a message and says, this is the fireman you heard from so much last year. Just wanting to know if I could talk to you about an artist in residency program. Hung up the phone. It says, I got, and I told him, says in front of the Tetons, going to an art show in Idaho Falls. I got service for the next 15 minutes. If I don't hear from you, I'll call you another when I get service again. Phone ring. Couldn't believe it. Hung up. Two minutes go by. Phone rings. And I look at the wife. I think it's him. <laughs> And I pick up the phone and he says, Mr. Reed, uh, and he introduced himself. He says, hey, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, we're not looking for an artist. And I says, I know, I know, I know. Your artist over at the lodge told me about the trouble you guys had had with artists. I understand. I says, here's the deal. 
uh, I'm, I'm a firefighter. In the last 10 years of my career, I've been in management. I have as many issues with poor work ethic as you in the park service. All I'm <laughs> wanting is 15 minutes of your time to ask about how the program used to work, and I'll leave you alone. And the phone was quiet for so long, I just about went, hello? <laughs> and he says, uh, when do you want to meet? <laughs> Not funny. really disgusted about it, you know? Yeah. And I says, well, I'm returning. I got to get back to Casper to the fire department. I'll be coming through the park on Monday. And um, our conversation went longer than 15 minutes. And um, he asked to see some of my artwork. Says, okay, you know, I, what we had discussed seemed to please him. So Donna's not only the business manager, but she's my roadie. And I sent her out to get some of our prints. And the one I, I have a print uh, that sold out very shortly after I had my first year, uh, the Old Faithful Inn. It had the Old Faithful Inn, it had a lot of wolves running in front of it. And I gave him some other prints of some of the wildlife I'd done. And he says, very impressive. He says, you know, I can't do anything without Park Service approval. And he says, can you leave some of these prints? And I'll talk to them about you doing some shows. I'll talk to them. And, and I was going to ask him, I just wanted to do some shows to make sure this thing was going to work. Before I got to say that, he asked if I wanted to do some shows. I told him, yes. I says, a problem with people, they, they romanticize the artist's life and doing artwork in it. It's a business. Yeah. You know, I got a house payment and got to feed <laughs> myself and stuff. Yeah. So I've got to sell it. So I told him, yeah, I'd like to make sure it works first. So he says, well, I'll ask the park service if they'll agree to it. And I says, I'll do it anywhere. Do it anywhere in the park, but I'd prefer the Old Faithful Inn. And he says, we'd love to have you at the Old Faithful Inn. So I left. And it was a couple of days later. He says, yeah, park service says you can do some shows. Send me some dates. So I sent him about six different dates. He says, you can have all of them. And I said, no, 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 no. I just want a couple four-day shows. He says, well, which ones do you want? I took one in September and one in October. And we went up there and uh, it was unbelievable response to my work. You know, the art shows had done okay through the years that we were doing around the country, but nothing like I'd seen in Yellowstone. And it was so fun to sit in the Old Faithful Inn and to visit people. I was a little naive of me. I thought I'd only meet Americans. Okay. From all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a little funny side note to this. Uh-huh. We had so many people buying work. Uh, at those shows and my wife was going into during a geyser rush as you well know everybody's done seeing the geyser they flood into the buildings and a geyser rush was going on and there was some receding issues my wife needed answered she went in to find the gift store manager and the gift store manager's waiting her way through the crowd too to find my wife and they met and they talked over some of the issues and then gift store manager says are you guys used to this kind of thing and my wife says oh yeah <laughs> it's always this way with us yeah and which is not yeah know? and uh so anyway uh we left after those shows and um got a call a couple days later from the retail director who says uh very impressive i hadn't irritated anybody which i think the park service and santerra are very interested in yeah. and is kind of interested in the bottom line which the park service just wants guests to have a great time yep anyway he says very impressive what do you want to do now and i said well i'll leave the fire service if i can get a contract work up there and he says oh i gotta see if they'll agree to that and he called me just before christmas like a couple of days before christmas 2002 and said you got the job if you want it i says i'll retire and i'll come up he says i'll get a contract together and i so i went and told the chief i'm retiring and i said i've got to do this i wanted to be a full-time artist as a boy 
always been scared of it. This is my chance and I'll regret it the rest of my life if I don't try. And he says, I understand. And you know what I didn't realize, I didn't even think about it. I gave up a constant job. I was uh -huh. very proud of doing a constant paycheck. And I, that contract was only for one year. One year. And uh, it's like, oh man, I got to apply every year. Yep. Thank God the Park Service in Zantero always felt that that was the choice for the year. That's, so that's, that's how it started. That's great. That's a great story. And, you know, I know how that is kind of giving something up and going for yeah. your dream. I did that same type of thing. So that's, sure. that's good. Oh, you, during that, you mentioned your, your medium, you do watercolors. I do. And it's, if I remember right, it's not just regular watercolors. It's, it's not. A, it's a different you know, technique you have. Yeah. And I tell you the reason I chose watercolors because I've played with all mediums. I've even sculpted a little bit. Not really good with 3D. But anyway, um, the thing that I like about it, the technique is called dry brush watercolors. And there's other artists doing it. Uh, there's only a few that I know that use the medium as heavy as I do. You can do, uh, watercolors were designed to be wet work, very transparent. You can see right through it. You can see the pencil marks and everything. And that's traditional form. Well, you can use them heavy, but usually dry brush watercolor, you can still see through when people are doing that. Very little water, still got to use water, very little water, but you, it's still so light you can see through and anything they did before, you know, the pencil marks and stuff, where okay. I put it on as heavy as an acrylic or an oil. And I tell you the reason I chose the watercolors. I, I, I used to do oils and they don't dry fast enough and I'm very impatient. Okay. And I want stuff to come along and you got to let it dry. It takes forever to dry. Well, water uh, oil artists, and I do this on occasion, very rare, they've got to do like, three or four paintings because one's got to dry, you know, a portion's got to dry. If you keep working oils, it turns to mud. So you got to let it dry. Okay. Uh, well, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't want to do multiple works. I want to finish one at a time. And I, I want oils are great for covering. Uh, they just don't dry. Acrylics are great for covering, but they dry instantly and you can't do anything with it. You want to change it, you've got to bring up more paint, cover it. And if that doesn't work, you got to bring up more paint okay. or watercolor. It dries quickly like an acrylic. But if I wet it a little bit on my canvas, I can pull it and blend it. And so I can work with it a long time like an oil. So I chose it because it gives me the qualities of both of those mediums. That's neat. Well, yeah. And only a few people I know, there's a lot of people that do dry brush watercolor. Uh, it was commonly taught with architects and commercial artists. Um, not so much in fine art, but there are fine artists that do it, but very few actually do it very heavy. Like I use it really thick. Okay. As thick as you can for water. Yeah. You know, on your website, you mentioned some people that, um, you kind of, I guess, looked up to as artists. Yes. And, you know, I was looking at them and there was Rod Frederick. Oh man. And, and Robert Bateman. Yep. And those, it looked like, are they, do both of them use the same type of medium? They do. They're both oil painters. Now, uh, Robert Bateman will do some acrylics at the time, but mainly oils. Okay. And they're wildlife artists. And of course, Robert Bateman, uh, I think Rod Frederick should have just as much name value as Robert Bateman. But he, he does have a big name value, but not as big as Bateman. And Bateman was kind of considered the father of the modern wildlife art print. It was okay. the first time any big publisher, art publisher, wanted to carry a wildlife artist in, in our in our present time. The wildlife art's been around since the great master. 
But anyway, they started printing him and had great luck. And of course, his name, he's a Canadian artist and uh, uh, world renowned. Robert, uh, uh, Murad Frederick is known more. I mean, he's sold all over the world too, but he's known more in the United States. He comes from Oregon, Bend, Bend Oregon. And uh, he's my favorite. Okay. Now, see, they're oral, and I've studied with them. Yeah. And I always tell people, don't, uh, just because you're an oral painter doesn't mean you can't learn from going to a class that's taught by a watercolor or an acrylic painter. Yeah. There's little gems you can take from everybody. And I've studied with these men. Yeah, because I was going to say, the five, I think, that you listed on your website, I thought these two, your work was kind of the closest to. Right. They're and I tell, you, I, I tell you what, I don't know if you've ever seen... Um, um, oh. now I'm forgetting his name. I can't. Carl Brenders. Wow. Um, Carl Brenders, unique uh, fellow from Belgium. He's a uh, big collected a lot here in the United States. Um, haven't seen anything from him recently. He's in his 80s now. Okay. But uh, he looks like Albert Einstein. Okay. He's only like five foot two or five foot four, and his hair is crazy. And, uh, but he's considered the world's hyper-realist. Now, he's better than me. I, his paintings, every blade of grass looks like a photograph. And he's using watercolors. Okay. And I've studied with him. Now, he's one that uses it very heavy, yeah. you know, like I do. And when I heard that he was teaching, it's like, oh, man, okay, great. I'm going to get some, some instructions from somebody who's using the medium like me. And um, so, yeah, those are, you know, there's others. Richard Sloan. They're, they're my favorites. <clears throat> those yeah. three my favorites. All right, good. So with your with your art, is there something that you're a message you're trying to send with it? Is there a story behind it? Is there conservation? Is there anything that you're trying to get from your art? What what you want people to see from it? Well, I tell you, um for the longest time, um, and even my heroes in wildlife art, great compositions, great composition work, but it, it never said a lot. Uh, to me, other than uh, here's an elk standing in a beautiful place. Uh -huh. Here's a bear standing in a wonderful river. You know, and what I wanted to try to do is tell a story with my work. If you can, it's hard with wildlife. But they, they have some, uh, hum they have emotions like us. You can see them cry over the loss of a young one, you know, and they've got to get food and they fight for territory. Anyway, um, I try to tell a story with it if I can. It's very difficult. But one of the things, especially the stuff I do of Yellowstone, I, I consider it the most magical. I've been in a lot of national parks. It's the most magical one I think we have. And um, I'm hoping what I'm painting, the people have either seen it or want to see it, or it reminds them of something they did see, and they remember the magic of Yellowstone with its wildlife and its landscape and thermal features. So I, I hope it tells a story to them. Usually that takes a huge human element in it with the animals to tell the story. Yeah. But uh, hopefully when, if they buy any of my work or watch it or look at it or whatever, that it reminds them of the great venture, adventure they had in the park. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's the same type of thing that I try to do with my photography or taking tours. I want them to remember Yellowstone and kind of bring them back here. It, whether right. they get here or personally or not, you know, I think your work probably does that same thing. If they have it hanging on the wall, it's like, oh, I remember that. Or I remember I that. Isn't that a great trip? And they think about, let's do that again someday, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, I, you know, I try to put humor in some of my work whenever I can. 
And I've had people come to the booth and look at stuff. And I bet over half of my stuff has some humorous story to it. And they say that I like, I like your sense of humor. And it's good. You know, it, it speaks to you. That's great. You know, and it's, uh, I've seen some of these things. I had a great piece. It was called Just Stare Back. Uh, and I think I sold that out before you started doing your, being in the park, touring and bringing guests more and more and more. Yeah. Sold out. But it was a grizzly bear and her two cubs. You could see, as you looked at the piece, you looked at the back of the grizzly bear and she was sitting on a rock. And I actually had a grizzly bear sitting on a rock. Uh-huh. Some people come up and says, is it going to the bathroom? No. <laughs> but it had two cubs, one standing up and one down. And as you looked across the valley, there were tourists. There were RVs and trucks and little, and the piece was called Just Stare Back. The sow talking to the cubs. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> I had an actually different title for it, but my wife says, you yeah, that's good, but I don't think that you're going to find somebody who was attacked by a grizzly bear. But the, my, the original title of the piece was They Taste Like Chicken. Yeah. So anyway, I try to put humor in the pieces. And that's man, great. that really struck a chord with a lot of people. And I, I that was gone in a summer, that whole edition. Fastest sellout I ever had of a print. So I'm glad that it spoke to them. So with that, you know, you're, you're an old faithful and you were talking about these rushes in of people, you know, the guys are rushes. How is it working under a situation like that? Well, I tell you, I tell you, I did a lot of shows before I ever got to Yellowstone, you know, I was in this business 12 years and uh, these art shows I'd go to all of the country, they'd have what they call a quick draw. And it was offered to every artist and only a few artists wanted to participate, but you sat while the show was open and people milling around and, Oftentimes there was wanting served or drinks. Well, you have to paint something in an hour and have it framed ready for auction to the benefit of the show. It's like, you know, Ducks Unlimited or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, people are walking around and the stopwatch is going and they're talking to you and I'm trying to paint. And man, my first attempts were horrible. They sold, but they were horrible. But I think that was training for Yellowstone. Okay. And I get to the point now, there's times uh, when I get so involved in a piece, um, I don't even hear the noise. And I've been surprised people are watching. I'll, be, I'll stop and I'll look around and there's people, oh, hi, you have a question? <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to ignore you, you know? So this last uh, 2019, uh, I don't know if you saw the piece with the moose and the wolves or looking at the moose, moose in the distance, wolves in the foreground. Yes. And, um, man, I got it. Kind of art is a big piece, got a lot of people watching that. The door greeter, a couple times during that summer, right towards the end of the summer, says, Jim, we're going to need to get bleachers. I'm paying, turn around, there's like 35 people. Now that's weird. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, man, I don't, I don't know, that's kind of making me nervous. Yeah. It's like, okay, only five at a time. <laughs> do you have that one on your website right now? I do. Is there a it's creek the, in there? Uh, it's on the main page. Yeah, as I was looking at that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a great one. And- Thank I've, you. Yeah, I mean, watching your stuff, it's for me, it's really neat going in because you see the painting evolve over time. I don't get to sit there and watch you like everybody else, but it's right. neat to see that evolve as you get as you progress through right. the work. You know, the the small ones, you know, you you're in the same boat. Some of your guests that you they're only there for two days or a week, and they've hired you for a couple of days of the week. You know, when I do the smaller pieces, they can see that evolve quickly. Yeah, where that big one took me almost two months. But uh, anyway, the little pieces are great. And the guests I hear all the time, they love it. They want to buy what I'm painting. Sometimes they want to buy it before I'm done. 
you know, and it's like, wow, you really, you don't want me to finish first? And no, yeah. we, we can see that it's good. Uh, we'll take it. So <laughs> that's always fun to know that people appreciate your work and that, that they can, can see it work. They can see it evolve. Yeah. So while you're sitting there, let's say during the summertime, how many pieces do you think that you complete during that time? Um, well, when it, uh, well, I tell you, it, it depends on the size. I've yeah. done other large major pieces like I just mentioned. Um, and there's years I don't do large pieces at all. So it, it averages anywhere from 25 to 40 originals okay. during the summertime. And uh, the thing is, some of these small ones that I do, I could produce them in a couple of days. But because people want to visit and I do get interruptions, which is fine. That's what they need to do. And I'm more than happy to answer their questions. And I talk a lot about the park, not just my art. Yeah. But uh, they, uh, a two-day piece can take me up to seven days to get completed. <laughs> yeah. So they, it slows the process down, but I, I'm I'm pleased with that amount of originals in a five month period. You know, yeah. so that's good. And so, are you seven days a week there? Do you, are you eight to five? What's kind of your schedule there? Well, I tell you the way the contract worked out. Uh, I remember sitting at the fire department. I took the contract. I got down. I went down to the fire department, and there were a lot of guys there that don't, don't want to speak to crowd. And they says, I I can't believe you're wanting to do this. I say, you know, that's great. I love people. Anyway, the contract I'm reading is says uh, we want 40 hours a week from you. You meet with the uh, uh, the gift store manager and decide what's the best time to show. And they thought right away, of course, fireman, 24 hours, right? Yeah. Says, man, you could do that in a day and a, and a third. It's like, no, <laughs> nobody in the lobby at two in the morning. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so uh, I, I just met with them and we talked about uh, their traditional, their um, on average, what the history had shown for uh, strong sales. And believe it or not, it's not the weekend. Wednesdays and Thursdays are the strongest sales for the gift stores in Yellowstone. Right. I don't get it. Yeah. People are leaving, just going to be leaving. And so they finally decide on something or what. I don't know. Anyway, what I've chosen to do, um, it doesn't get very busy in the lobby till about 9 30, 10 o'clock. So I go in at 9 30 and I leave at six. Okay. And uh, I do that and I do it five days a week. Okay. And so, I mean, other times are you out in the park, you're looking for new subjects, you're photographing. Yes. Yes. I'm out photographing. And then that's another thing I've heard people say, Oh, look, he's using photographs. Now, back in the day when the first realist painters were coming on and fine art were coming on the scene, they were doing what's called projecting. They take a picture, put it in an opaque projector, it would shine up on their canvas and they would trace it and match the colors. That was how a lot of them got started, something you learn in commercial art. Well, I don't do that. All I did is get the animal to stand still. Took the photo, so you quit moving around. I put it up on my board and I, I look up at it. You know, I try yeah. to draw like he's frozen out in the field. And so it's like when people say that, I, I know they've heard the thing about projectionists. And it's like, I, I want to say to them, I'm not projecting it. I just made the animal stand still. Yeah. But I always find landscapes, sunsets, sunrises that are beautiful, not an animal to be seen. Uh, you know, the lights just right across the thermal feature. Take those pictures that I know I'm going to paint it one day. So I'm out all the time photographing and sketching. And uh, and man, what a place to do it in, huh? That's right. Jeez. That is great a place. great place. Yeah. So for all the wildlife, is there a, a subject that you have that's your favorite? Well, I tell you, I, of course, I like painting them all. And I will tell you, uh, two of the most popular animals as far as sales of artwork, number one is wolf. It's been that okay. way forever. And um, bison for the park. Okay. 
All right, then after that's moose and then grizzly bear and it goes on down the line. But my favorites to paint, I really love bighorn sheep. I love the curl of that horn. Okay. Looks, oh man, they're just such, they're tiny animals, but they're awesome. They're just, and then another thing that's not very popular in Wyoming because we got most of our nation's population of pronghorn in Wyoming. Yeah. Wyomingites aren't so great, aren't, don't usually think about collecting pronghorn work, but I love painting. And of course, people that don't live here, are enamored by the animal yep. and its ability. So those two, a profile that the pronghorn straight on looks goofy like a giraffe, but the profile is so beautiful. And third and last but not least, my uh, favorite is bison. And I'm glad people like bison. The thing about the bison, I mean, it's an ominous, I mean, it's, it's not a predator. And yet yeah. it's gotta be pretty sick for a predator to get it. Yeah. Um, uh, that's why it's so pervasive throughout the park. Uh, you know, they're just a strong, strong animal. But not only their strength, I, I think they're the last true, uh, actual, untouched living symbol of a Wild West. Yeah. So I really, those three animals are my favorite. Yeah, you know, I, I'm right there with you on the bison. I know years ago when I was growing up, I thought, oh, I'll be able to see a bison again. They're always here. When I was growing up, I'm like, it's incredible. They're yeah. they're out there. They're huge. They're monstrous. They're they are an awesome animal. They can move fast. They can jump high. Yeah. People think they're like some lumbering ox, like uh, regular cattle, and it's like no, they're not. And they're grumpy. Stay away from them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned you like to do the the cowboys for a while, and that's yeah. what I explained people with the bison. I said, think of a a rodeo and those riders getting on the back of a bull. I mean, that's what that bison's going to do. You know? So that's kind of how I try to interpret that for people. Sure. So they know yeah. it's not so docile. Yeah. 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 So during <laughs> your time at Old Faithful, have you been able to meet anybody famous that's come through or seen anybody that's any neat stories on well, them? I tell you, n uh, number one on that list, I suppose, I've been told there's a lot of people that have been in the area, but I never saw them. Okay. Uh, like Oprah was there and uh, some young people come up that worked for Zantara and said some names I didn't recognize and found out they were big rock and roll and pop music stars that of their generation that I didn't know the name. Yeah. And, but actually in my booth speaking to me, um, uh, was Richard Petty. Okay. He, uh, found out he had a home in Alpine. And, uh, whenever he had guests, racing buddies and stuff come, he'd bring them up, show them the park and, Got to visit with him and uh, interesting man, very pleasant. Um, then um, our the Wyoming state governor, a few governors ago, Friedenthal, come in and spoke to me, visited for quite a while. And then uh, the biggest one I think that I personally got to shake hands with is our president, our present president. Okay. He was uh, Joe Biden was vice president at the time. And he was up uh, talking about the importance of doing things like uh, improving some infrastructure in the park. Yeah. Which the federal government had lent some money to do those projects. We wound up at the Old Faithful Inn. I heard a lot of commotion at the front door because I'm right there by the front door. Yeah. Turned around and as President Biden with a group of people behind him, some of them I'm sure Secret Service, he talked to some few people at the door. He just turned around and looked at me and beeline straight for me. <laughs> So I stood up and he reached out and he said, how you doing, young man? I said, just fine, Mr. Vice President. How are you? He says, great. Enjoy your time in the park. Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, I hear there's ice cream in here. Yeah. I said, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm glad you didn't ask me where the bathroom was. Yes, the ice cream's over there at the deli. Yeah. I'll be good to get his ice cream. I hear he loves it. So. Very good. 
Yeah. Well, how about any other interesting stories? I mean, all that time in the Old Faithful and people coming and going, is there anything that sticks out to you that you've seen in there? Well, I, I tell you, I, I got to thinking about that. Um, um, there's been a variety of things. I guess the the best story I've got, I've got several, but the best story I really have, uh, you know, I always encourage people when they come to the park, they're buying stuff from me and we're visiting and where they're from. Is this their first time and everything? I always ask them, did you make time to go see the Grand Canyon? And inevitably, a ton of them haven't. It's unbelievable. I it think is. The park advertises that just as much as Old Faithful Geyser. But uh, the the cream of the the cake, the top, the, 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 I tell you. So I'm asking these people, how long you been in the park? They were there for two days. I said, uh, and they were leaving that day buying a peace of mind. And I said, while you were here, did you make it over to the Grand Canyon? And they says, no, that's Arizona. No, we've signed the Grand. No, 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 no. Here in the park, we have our own. Grand Canyon. You do? Tell them all about it. I says, this is how you get back to it. It's only like an hour away. And he says, we can't. We can't. And as we're finishing up, and the husband goes in and purchases the piece, come back, and I'm wrapping it up. I found out before they left. I didn't. I says, where'd you stay while you were here? They stayed at Canyon Village. <laughs> and I said, you got to be kidding me. The guest didn't tell you because there's a couple paths. We'll take you right from the cabins down to the, the north yes. rim. Oh yeah, no, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I've, I've, I've had that a lot of my trips. So, you know, have you, you know, if you're with the waterfall, what waterfall, the canyon, what, you know, what canyon? You know, I see it a lot. It's amazing. People don't know that. I like, know. This is like the best spot in the park. It is, you know. And there's, hey, there's great things. You know, of course, as we know, the geyser gazers want to look at something more than old faithful geyser. They yeah. want to go where it's hard to see. The one that doesn't go off very often. Yep. But the thermal features are beautiful. And as you well know, the Grand Prismatic, what, third largest hot pool in the world or second largest? Yeah. Yeah. It's impossible to get in there anymore. It is. And there's so many other beautiful thermal features have the same color if people want to do a little hiking. But even though the thermal features are the really the main reason for people to come, that Grand Canyon, whew, can't miss that in the lower falls. I just, I think that's such a shame when people do. But I... uh I agree. Oh, and so I got one other story. I got one other yeah. story. So people will call me. Uh, I was putting chipmunks in a lot of stuff, especially when I was painting stuff of the inn. I'd have a chipmunk or a golden metal squirrel. And for a couple of years there, I was doing it so often in my little originals. I had a couple of prints that had it, had a lot of originals I was doing it. And they and they started calling me the chipmunk artist. And it's like, I'm not a chipmunk artist. I'm a wildlife artist. Anyway, um, it was my first year there. I'm walking from my booth down to the men's bathroom towards the east wing. And around from out the east wing, around the corner comes, just as I'm getting to the men's bathroom door, the chipmunk. And it stops and it's chewing on something. It just sets up on its hind legs and it's looking at me, chewing it, whatever it's eating. And it's like, man, in, in the exit door there, in that wing, I, it's like 11 steps over. He doesn't move. I step over there and I open the door. And he just looks at me like, what? You going out? <laughs> See you. And he said, I, I, I mean to be here. I got something to do. And he took off. <laughs> and so that gave me the idea of doing the chipmunk stuff. Anyway, yeah. I thought that was so cute to see the fella in there. It's a lot better than a mouse. Yes, that's, yeah. that is. <laughs> that is. So. Well, have you seen the, on Disney Plus their Disney thing? They have uh, the Yellowstone Bears. No. It's, it's like from the 60s. Part of it's in the Old Faithful Inn. 
And from what it looks like is they let black bears into the inn, into the kitchen, and ransack the place to do this whole video as part of this following these two cubs through the park with their mom. So you should take a look at it. I thought, wow. Yeah. We have Disney, so it's uh, Yellowstone Bears? Yeah, I think it's called Yellowstone Bears. It was set in like the 60s, and I was really surprised. I was like, they let bears in the old faithful inn? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'll have to check it. Well, you know, in my years there at Old Faithful, we've had grizzlies right up on the front porch. I, I imagine. And rangers coming in and blaring their sirens and using rubber bullets and stuff to get them out of there. I remember one time, uh, everybody's exiting the, the, the front of the building, and I'm painting, and I'm thinking, uh, it must be one of the other geysers going off, you know, like scientists or whatever. And I said, I've seen that, been there. And when you're there all summer, you see a lot of things. And pretty soon yeah, it's like, I'll catch that later. Anyway, I'm painting. And then people coming in, talking to the door greeter says, oh, I didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. I went out there. So I went up to the door greeter after it was all done. They're all inside again, doing their own thing. He says, what was that all about? What are they talking about? Grizzly bear killed a bison calf right down in amongst the cars. Oh. And it's like, oh, well, I guess I should have gone out and watched. I mean, you know, uh, of course, the rangers were there making sure people keep their distance. But yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So black bears in the old faithful then. Yep. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for visiting today, Jim. I appreciate that. Uh, not, a, not a problem, man. I appreciate the invite. Yeah. And so everybody knows where do they, I mean, I guess you haven't been listening. You find them in the old faithful Inn during the summertime, but right. where do they find your work at? How do they find out more about you? Well, through the years. Uh, so I've been at this going on. 30 years, 12 years uh, of my days off in the fire department in the last 18 uh, years, you know. Uh, anyway, I've had galleries here and there. I mean, I had them in Utah and Idaho, and I've had them in Wyoming, and they've come and gone. Our business, tough business. They've come and gone. Right now, my last gallery closed their doors. So for people to see my work is go to my website, James Reed Images, um, and then uh, we show it my home here. The studio is right outside of my home. We have a lot of my work hanging upstairs, and I, I collect art as well as paint. I, okay. I've just always been into art since I was a little kid, and my collection's downstairs. So people can go see that if they want, but my work's upstairs and then also out in my studio. So we, we, we have only had a few actually come up during COVID and look around, and a lot of people off the website. And then I have a Facebook page. It's um, the James Reed slash Images Studio or Images Studio. What? Images Studio slash James Reed. And I try to do some updates there. And I told the wife if she made it more user-friendly for me, I'd update it more. <laughs> and she likes to give me grief because I'm not updating it very often. Yeah. I, I do things on Facebook more than I do on our website. I've got to get that started up again. I got to get, because I mean, it talks about 2019 in my show schedule. Yeah. So I've got to get that altered. But uh, so anyway, Images Studios uh, website and Image Studio James Reed on Facebook and in Yellowstone and right here in my studio for right now, 2021. Well, I'm going to, I have uh, on my website, I have show notes as well. So oh, thank I'll, uh, you. I'll add the links there so people can have a direct link if they, they follow it uh, on, on the podcast there. So, okay. Jim, I appreciate for, that, Adam. Yeah. Thanks for being a part of the, uh, the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Tied to Nature's Yellowstone, the podcast for those that don't get out, can't get out, or can never get enough. Keep up to date with Tied to Nature and Think Tank Photo on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.